It's the grand finale. It's the grand finale. It's the grand finale of the podcast of season four podcast. Welcome to the Salty Dogs Podcast. What's up? To the this pod. is a season five finale. Season four. Season four finale. Yep. And guess what? What episode number is this? 18. Casey's not with us. He's not tonight. with us. He says every every Tuesday when we podcast are the days that he has, has to end up working late. So we'll give him a pass. So we better we better. I told him. I told Casey that we'll just bonus. We'll bonus. Oh yeah, that'd him. be good. So that's what we'll do. So official. Uh, end of season four tonight. Season the finale. Four. Before Wait, we before we four. dive in, uh, we want to give some shout outs. Yeah. To patrons. Guess what? We have new patrons. We have new patrons. Why do we have new patrons? Because Chris? of the pissed puppies. Pissed puppies. What? The pissed puppies segment. The the podcast. bonus content it's that a, we. It's called a podcast. It's pissed puppies no, podcast. It's a segment. No, it's a podcast for okay. patrons. So pissed puppies podcast for patrons. Yes, we have started perf, the pissed puppies podcast, which is basically. Uh, us dropping our filters and being pissed uh, about it, but guess what? We're harmless, just like a, an actual pissed puppy. So that's right. we're not really going to do any harm, but we're just having some conversations, talking about churches. But they're harmless. Naming pastors that we hate. They're also uh, easily manhandled. No, we're so. not really doing those things. But uh, we had some people, some patrons, sign up because they want that exclusive content that comes every right. every two weeks. That's right. So season four is going to be ending. But these people, but these pa- patrons, patrons are still going to get some content. They're going to get two episodes a month. So we take four months off, though. Yeah, we, we do. take off October, November, December, and January. We'll we'll start back up in February if the world's still around. Twenty twenty one, probably. I don't know not, what's going to happen after the election. It'll end. People lose their minds, and people might drop bombs. Who are you voting might for? Be throwing some malt- <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh gosh, I'm just kidding. We're not talk about voting. I'm just kidding. I don't want to piss off the evangelicals. <laughs> I'm not a part of that evangelical. T- Oh, I just said it. Anyways, if you want to Patrons, continue... thank you, Ross. Thank you, James. And thank you, Juan, for joining our Patreon account. But I'm actually going to call James Ward. Ward. Yeah, thank and, you, Ward. Yeah, thanks for supporting so that you get the exclusive content. Let's move on. Yeah, Let's thanks, just guys. dive in. You got something else? Uh, you have an icebreaker? Well, here's what I just want to say. Say it. Well, no, I don't have anything really. So oh, drink- actually, no. Let me. Let I'm me- drinking super coffee right now. So if I sound a little wacky, it's because I've yeah. got caffeine running through my veins. Just a little life update. We just moved into a new house, man, and uh, and you've been by a couple times, and we're our family's really excited about that. So we've been, you know, just getting settled in and unpacking and getting stuff going, and it's just it's been good, man. It's just a good yeah. move for our family. Um, it's a bigger home. It's got more natural light. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's just everything about it's a good situation for our family. Natural so, good. Yep. We are just excited about that. But that's mm-hmm. a little, little praise report, little yep. PR. Yep. If you, if you guys don't follow us on Facebook, go to facebook.com and then search Salty Dogs Podcast and follow our uh, Facebook page. And uh, you can actually go and rewatch our recordings. And uh, you get to see Christopher's super stickered up MacBook. Um, so anyways, oh, that was on? me. Oh, I was like, okay. What was that? All right. Let's get started. So tonight's episode is titled plot twist. You're wrong. And so the reason that we're naming this podcast is this because title you are wrong. Is because you listener are wrong is because I'm wrong. What? I'm wrong. Christopher Jason. Yes. You I'm wrong. What? Yes. So, let's talk about this. No. Yes. 
I'm you ready to hear the story? I'm ready to hear. Oh, you ready to hear the story? I'm ready. You have not given me any of the details. You've None just told me that God basically pwned you is the word that you <laughs> used. Pwned you by the Lord. He yeah. corrected some of your thinking. I did. I did get my thinking corrected. So ironically, I was arguing as to whether or not a certain story in the Bible, and I'll, I'll talk about it, was about repentance or not. Yeah. And you were challenging I, I was, the scriptures. I, I was challenging scripture. Actually, I was just challenging my thought process. I was arguing that a certain story was not actually about repentance, and ironically, it was about repentance. And as the Lord was correcting me, He was changing my mind about it, causing me to metanoia, which also means repent. So He made me he repent. In, he inceptioned repented. He you. totally inceptioned. It was like, yeah, it was. It was a really interesting situation. So can, let me tell you well, this well, because before you do that, okay, can I, I need to give some context right, to how it. how this even got okay. started. So we've talked about the Bema podcast a lot. It, I mean, we mention it all the time. If you've never listened to the podcast, go and listen to it right now. B, ma, B E M A, as in Bartholomew. E, e as in M, as in Machete. A. Yes. B E M A. Yep, that's it. That's the name. Machete don't text. It, it for me has been. Um, I mean, it's the it's the biblical teaching that I personally position myself under to learn and. Every time I listen to this podcast, my mind is blown because these these two men are coming at it from an Egyptian, not an Egyptian. Oh my gosh, <laughs> a Jew. We've been I've been reading I've been listening about Egypt and stuff and Moses and Exodus, but they they come at it from a Jewish perspective, <laughs> a Jewish perspective. And so, dude, stories. And here's what started it off. I was telling you uh, about let's see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Joseph, Joseph, about Joseph and how, you know, there's, when we always hear about Joseph, we always hear about how he was kind of the victim and his brothers threw him into the pit and they were jealous and little old innocent Joseph was just down there and he didn't really do nothing wrong. And then he got sold to slavery and then he was just a really good looking dude. And then Potiphar's wife threw him, but he resisted temptation. He was like this hero of the faith is what it was always told. Well, it's it's pretty widely known in the Jewish faith that that Joseph actually w- kind of was a butthole, and that he kind selfish of butthole. he was selfish. He was arrogant. Now listen, he was. Don't get upset with us calling a Bible character a selfish butthole, right? Because we're always trying to read into the scriptures and figure out who we identify with, <laughs> right? There's the one you can identify with: the butthole, the selfish butthole. <laughs> and so okay? any and so anyway, so we've heard this about Joseph and how whenever you know. Pharaoh's wife uh, approached him that he basically was this upright man who said, no, no, I will not, you know, I'm pure, I'm pure, purity. But if you go back and you actually read the scriptures, Joseph basically is essentially saying, hey, I can't sleep with you because I'll lose my job. Mm -hmm. And it's all about him. And when you go back and look at the scriptures, Joseph does some very arrogant things and, and flaunts. So anyways, this story that I've been told as a kid and even preached at in services about all of these, the surface level things, what the story looks like on the surface level, when I hear it from an actual perspective with cultural context and deeper understanding of the character and the culture, I realize that there is so much there, that there's so much that I've missed. And, and I was angry and upset about it. And it's like, man, I feel like I know nothing about the Bible because everything that I've been taught has been with this American perspective, Mm -hmm. lacking Eastern culture. So what are you saying? So what I'm saying with all of that is that I told you that 
And you were like, yeah, dude, I've been, I've been learning about, you know, all this other stuff too. And then this is when you started talking about the story of the prodigal Zen. Cause then we started having conversations like, oh, and then, then in this story, we've been told that this story was about this, but it's really about this from the Eastern perspective. And then this is right. when you threw out your story and you said, so, you know what? It's kind of like this story. And then so, here's where right. you can kick off. Right. So the difference is I actually think Bema has a lot of stuff, right? <laughs> <clears throat> Versus me actually being... 100% wrong. And so the reason that we named this episode Plot Twist, You're Wrong, is because I got totally pwned today. Like this. Right. I got pwned in the face because I've been sharing, resharing, apparently, or rethinking. Here's what I was doing. Let me tell you what I was doing. <clears throat> I was thinking about the scriptures. I was thinking about the story of the prodigal son. And let me tell you, it's been a while since I've actually read the story. I've taught on it multiple times mm -hmm. with the scripture in front of my face. <clears throat> and um, as I was recalling the scripture, I'm thinking about different details and how different things stand out in the story. And then I started, what happened was I started questioning the heart of um, the son in the pig pen, mm -hmm. whether or not he was actually repentant. I, I just was looking at it from a different perspective. Yeah. And so I started kind of mulling over that. And here's, here's what happened. Here's exactly what happened. Scripture tells us that pride or excuse me, knowledge puffs up. I thought I had some deep revelation, deeper understanding of the scripture that nobody else had. And it puffed me up and I thought I was right. And the Lord corrected me. So let me tell you, because I'm going to make a, I'm going to make two statements and these go hand in hand. So scripture is useful for, Teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. Yes. That's what scripture says it's useful for. I believe that I was corrected by scripture, but I was led to the scripture to be corrected by it through the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So here's what happened. Let me tell you. I was um, leaving to go get my daughter Sonic. Because she likes corn dogs and is close to the building, and they have some great. And so dogs. she was going to eat some. Um, she's going to eat some dinner. My wife called me and said, "Hey, can you go get Illy something to eat?" So I'm leaving the building, and I'm thinking about our topic tonight. And actually, the topic tonight was supposed to be me retelling this story and sharing, of the this, and sharing this this deep insight that I thought I had about yep. the prodigal son. As I'm going down these stairs. I hear the Lord say, don't do it. I heard, I mean, I heard it. Wait, so you, you audibly heard it? Yes. Well, I'm, you didn't tell me that. I know. I'm dropping it right now. Oh, snap. So I, I, as I was leaving, I'm thinking about the story and I just hear this small voice say, don't do it. And I'm like, is that me? Is that God? What was that? So I get in the car, I drive to Sonic, I order the food. I'm waiting for it to come out. I'm like, let me look this story up just to be sure. And so I look it up and sure enough, the Lord shows me the intent of the story oh. that is in direct opposition to the way that I've been talking Perceive, about it yep. and perceiving it. But here's what happened. Pride was puffing me up so that I was remembering the story in the way that I wanted it to be told because I wanted to be the one that had this knowledge that nobody else had. Oh. And I wanted other people to be wrong and I wanted to be right. And how often have we talked about this issue of right and wrong? Dude, it, I mean, we've, we've talked about a lot. So a lot. Uh, let me, let me tell the story 
Um, so are you actually going to share what yeah, your I can revelation share what, was? I can share what okay. I was talking about. Well, but hold on. I'm still tripped out that like you so had God it was, like... It was spirit and scripture. Yeah. He led me. He told me, don't do it. And then I went to the scriptures and then he showed me in the scripture where I was wrong. Dang. Okay. Here's the crazy thing though. Right. Is how many, oh, whoa, whoa. Wow. Wow. <laughs> how many people sometimes like pastors will sit down and read a, a story and be like, oh my gosh, there's this new spin on it. There's this, there's They're, this new thing. Right. There's this new thing that I can right. spin out there. And so then it's, they've they, already made their decision. Exactly. And then they run forward with it. Right. Never going and checking so, with the Lord. So let's just let's just Snap. talk about this. Let's talk about this. How many people subscribe or ascribe to the doctrine of predestination or eternal or uh, what is it? A eternal or eternal conscious eternal torment. conscious torment. Yep. Hell. Um. Torment. What's the word? Torture. Yeah. Right. How many people subscribe to these kinds of doctrines? And it's because they are they hold a certain belief, and then they read the scriptures through the lens of their belief. Oh, right. That's hard not to do. It's hard not to do, and I did it. I did it. Yeah. There's been times I let me tell you, I've gone back and I've read it, the story over and over again, and I'm like, no, this is what it says. And then I'm like, I don't know, man. I I'm questioning it. But here's what's happening: there's a wrestling that's taking place. Jacob, he had his hip knocked out of socket because he was wrestling with God, right? And then the people who saw, Bema talks about this, mm-hmm. Bema talks about it, and that the fact that he had his like hip knocked out of place by the Lord was actually like a testament of him having actually wrestled with God. Right. So they would see that he came out limping and say, man, he wrestled with God. Yeah. And that was like a mark of like honor. Yeah. And so it's in the wrestling that I think you find the blessing. Yeah, for sure. And so I came into it puffed up, proud. I want to see it from a different perspective. The Lord put the smack down on me. And the Lord put the smack down on me, bro. He rocked me. He messed me up. I didn't know what to do. I called you. I called you and I said, Hey, I just read this story again. I don't know how to reconcile this. I I actually think I'm wrong. This was like 30 minutes before I had to drive here. And I mess, yeah. And I messaged Darren Eubanks and I messaged Jared Lettington, and I said, "Hey, bro, I think I got this wrong." Snap. So, so here's snippety snaps. But I, I want to camp out on this just a little bit longer. Plot twist: You're wrong. We're we don't know it all. We don't know a buttload of crap about. There's a buttload of stuff we don't know. Nothing about. But the brothers think I don't know a lot of stuff about the gospel, but I do. But I do. Right? So it is quite possible in any in any situation that we have understood Scripture improperly. And Gosh. let me tell you, I, all I did was go back and read it. I just read it one more time. Listen, I do a lot of word study. Yeah. I'm a word guy. You are a word guy. And it, where I got hung up in the story was like there wasn't a word that was present. And because the word wasn't present, it threw me off. But when I read it contextually, the story supported the other stories that were told around. Right. It. The story of the lost yeah. sheep and the so story of the I lost just, coin. I, I just want to get it across that it is okay if there's a plot twist and you're wrong. We have to be okay 
in this walk, in this journey, in this faith, in our studying of scripture, in our hearing from the Lord, it is okay to be wrong. Mm -hmm. And so this is actually really great. Yes, this is, this should provide some freedom. Well, this is actually great because this whole story is about repentance and repentance is changing your mind. It is okay to have your mind changed about something that you thought was right or true or even wrong. We can have our wrong, the things we're uh, wrong about, we can be corrected to be made right, or the things we think we're right about, we can be corrected to be made wrong. Oh, man. And just, but we have to be humble. Okay, that's what I was going to say. Just think about that. Like, if pride is what puffs us up whenever we feel like we're right, I mean, obviously, the fruit of the Spirit that needs to be manifested in that moment is humility. Right, humility to say I'm wrong. What happens if you have if you've ever gotten in, in an argument with someone and you're arrogant, you're prideful, and you take your stance? A lot of times, that stance can end up ruining a relationship. Right. But to humble yourself and go back and say I am wrong, I'm wrong, and then to reconcile that relationship. See, God never does that. Whenever we're wrong, He doesn't go. I told you I was right. You were wrong. You know, like. There's this level of, of friendship, of intimacy, of relationship that can remain intact and also even be stronger than it was right. before. Like, the Lord isn't punishing you. I mean, this is just like your eyes are your eyes have been open to this, and it, it's pretty crazy, man. Yeah. Right Let, and wrong, this idea of it is... Blessed are the humble. No, what does it say? That God shows grace to the humble, but he opposes, opposes the, proud. the proud. He spoke to my heart, dude. He said, don't do he it. He said, don't do it. Golly. And I questioned it okay. because I, I thought we had like this great content for the show. So tonight. talk to me about what, what your mind, because you had sent me like two pages, two, three pages oh, of man. explanation of so, what some stuff. So talk to me about your heart when you had this, this insight, like, well, here, here, the interesting thing is, is that as I was going over the, so it's the story of the prodigal son. Yep. So as I'm going over the story of the prodigal son again. I'm I'm getting little bits and pieces of things that I think are like, oh man, this is really good. Yeah. This is good revelation, man. That'll preach. But there was that repentance piece that I had wrong. So I think I had like, I had like a big ball of right with a little bit of wrong in it. Yeah. That's and and I hate to make it about <laughs> right or wrong, but right. the Lord actually taught me new things about the story that are right, but he had to point out the thing that I had wrong in it. And he also so taught my, you something about your heart too. He taught me something about my heart. So I have to tell you also, I didn't <laughs> want to talk about this. I didn't want to talk about this. I got a text message from a friend who messaged me about a blog post that I wrote. Yeah. And I was like, this is good. We this easily could have talked about that. We easily could have talked about that. I was like, maybe this is the godsend. You know, yeah. I didn't want to come on and talk about this because I didn't want to have to admit that I was wrong. But Christopher and I, we we'll say we prayed, but we pressed in and asked the Lord about it just before the podcast. We sat here in silence and what you did know, you hear? And I just was like pressing in and immediately heard the Lord say, "Humble yourself." And then I heard the Lord say, uh, "Right, you, basically, you need to talk about right and wrong and how you, being right can blind yeah. you from like." So the Lord's impressing on my heart, humble things. myself and talk about this. And then He's saying, "Yeah, let's talk about this idea of being right or wrong." So. Yeah. He spoke to my heart and then confirmed in yours. Mm -hmm. And we're like, crap, this is what we have to do. And I basically what I said was, dang it. I don't want to do it, which means I have to do it. Yeah. Why so, didn't you want to do it? I. It's embarrassing. Yeah. 
It's embarrassing. Is it even be, more embarrassing because that you shared the new insight with me? Yeah, and maybe even a because couple I got other really passionate too? about it. Yeah, I got really passionate about it, but I was like completely blinded by it. But what is the dude? There's grace in this. There's there's nothing but freedom. Listen, I have no shame right now. I have. I don't feel well. You should guilty. I'm like I'm a little, a little. I know, right? No, a no, little I'm embarrassed. Kidding, I'm kidding, I'm but kidding. here's here's what I'm trying to say. You can. There's freedom in. You can be wrong. I had to teach my Henry, my stepson, about this one day. We were going back and forth about something, and I was letting him know, like, hey, it's okay to not know something, and it's okay to be wrong about something that you do think that you know. Yeah. That's how we grow. Mm-hmm. That the growth, and you'll hear people who talk about success. They say. The reason I'm so successful is because I failed so many times. Yeah. That the failure is part of the success. It's part of the journey. And so you miss ninety nine percent of the shots that you don't take. Wayne yeah. Gretzky. Oh my Michael gosh. Scott. Michael Scott. Yeah. So let me let me talk about Go for it. the story. Should I just yeah. do that? Yeah. And then I also after that I want to talk about this drive to be right and wrong. Okay, good. This this drive to be right and it's very prevalent right now, and especially tonight of all nights, while there's a debate that's going to happen where oh. you know, like this this ties in all really well. Well, let's do that first. Okay. Because I actually feel like as I tell this story, there are going to be some nuggets that we can pull out. Okay. So I don't want to pull us out of this vein of okay. right and wrong right now. So, I mean, so what is it that drives like? You hear something, okay? Let's say you hear something that is con- that contradicts or actually opposes what you believe to be right. We can take any issue. We can take something that's in scripture. We can take a yeah. social justice issue, whatever. There's something that we perceive to be right. Someone else has an opposing view that they think is right. What What is that? Let's identify, like, what is that drive within us? Where does that come from to tell them, no, what you know is wrong, what I know is right? Identity. You think so? I think a lot of being right and wrong is tied up in people's identity. How so? You, That's interesting. I want you, to unpack that. You journey this, you, you exist in this world and you take on certain sets of values and you have a certain worldview and an understanding uh, and okay. the lens through which you view going. the world. Yep. And so it's like you, your parents have taught you a certain way. Yep. Your grandma taught you a certain way. You know, um, and then all of a sudden somebody comes along and challenges that it's a belief system is what it boils yeah. down to. Okay. And I nobody see. wants to be told they're wrong about what they believe because it attacks who they are. Yeah. Because it feels like, well, if you're saying that this is wrong, then you're saying that my mom's wrong. If you're saying my mom is wrong, you're saying her mom is wrong. And I love my, my Grammy. She's the sweetest lady. You know, like I, it's, it's this deep rooted, like, well, if this is wrong, maybe what else is wrong? Maybe there were other things that were wrong. Bro. Is this is this how deconstruction starts for some people? Maybe I think they so. have that. I once heard someone say that deconstruction, uh, when you you come to a crossroads, like let's say you're confronted with something that you actually find out, like you do change your mind, and you realize, like, oh wow, this one thing that I used to believe, I don't believe that anymore. If yeah. you choose to wrestle with it, here we go, going back to the wrestling. The wrestling. If you choose to wrestle with that thing, it's like. You coming across, and let's say you have a sweater. It's about to be winter. We're about to start pulling on our sweaters. And you see a thread that's out. You can either begin to pull at that thread, and man, it's going to pull a bunch of other stuff out. You begin to pull that thread, or you can just ignore it. Just leave it there and be like, man, I hope it doesn't. Hope it doesn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. And that, that's kind of how I feel like it can be. Like maybe some people don't want to wrestle with right and wrong, or even allow like them t- themselves to think 
uh, about what someone about what yeah. someone else is saying because then they're going to have to do all this work of like, oh wow, maybe yep. I'm wrong about this, and then maybe I'm wrong about other stuff, and it and changes for a, lot a lot of people. If their worldview falls apart, well, then they're really left not knowing what to believe. Have you ever been? Have you ever had a, a point in your journey where you've been like, man, I just don't know what to believe anymore? Yeah. I, I mean, there's like foundational truths like, man, I know Jesus loves me and I know I'm the father's. But like when it comes to this that, and the other, man, I don't even know what to believe. Yeah. I mean, I had a season like that. Have you ever had one like that? Yeah, absolutely. And it's 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 it can kind of feel hopeless. I think this can actually go. This can actually go a certain way that I'm excited about it going tonight. But um Continue, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so basically, so you're saying you think that this drive, like that's within us to call out when we perceive something else to be wrong, is identity. So it's almost like a defense mechanism. Then, so see, I always assume that it's about like kind of this greater truth that, like, no, I have the right knowledge, and what you have is wrong, and that's detrimental yeah. to yeah. maybe your faith or your worldview, or maybe even potentially harming others. And so. If you believe that, like that's wrong well, and dangerous, so I want to share what is right with you, so that you will have this like well, position of rightness. I don't know. I think maybe we've talked about this before, but I always go back to Jesus and I always go back to love. So I think it's selfishness, in a sense, hmm. it's self-preservation, is what it boils down to. And we are to die to self. We are not to preserve self. We are to lose self. We are to lose our life for his sake. What did Jesus do? Jesus gave up his right to be right on the way to the cross. Did he not? Did he not stand in front of a judge? Ooh, and was and have, judged and guilty. Have, and have accusation thrown at him? Yeah. And did he not say Snap. a word? Silent in the face of accusation, silence Where in the face was, of being wrongly accused. He was 100% right. Yeah. All of his life. He was accused even unto being Dang. put to death on a cross. And still he Whoa. didn't respond. Jesus gave up his right to be right. What does is, what is, uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 13 say? It's a love chapter, right? Mm -hmm. It says, love Keeps no is not self-seeking. So love does not seek self. So when we seek to be right, we are seeking self-preservation. So when we put self first, we are not loving. So if we are, we're in an argument and we're trying to be right and we're trying to judge somebody as wrong because this is what's happening. Yeah. When we are trying to judge somebody as wrong and we're trying to present proof, accusing them of their wrongness and then presenting, what do we do? We present evidence and then we call witnesses. How many times have you tagged somebody in a feed? Be like, hey, put hey, this guy in this place. This. Yeah. yeah, jump in on yeah. this. Hey, what are your thoughts? Or like you call somebody, what do we do? Somebody does something wrong to you. Oh, yeah, we're they the first think, one. They think they've done nothing. You call somebody and you're like, hey, this happened. Am I right? Do you think they're wrong? Who's wrong in this situation? So what is this? So is it then seeking approval? Is it seeking, is it seeking uh, I don't justification for one's actions? Like Because whenever someone is challenging something, that I really do believe in, there's this anger that builds up in me, bro. Yeah. Like, and it's like this fire that gets out of control real quick. The yeah. fruits of the spirit get burned up, bro. And it's just, all that's left is, is the acts of the flesh a lot of times in those moments. And I'm like typing things out and wanting to like post and like, you know, talk yeah. about someone's mom, like just uh, uh, all right, rules. It's like, it's like a, what do they call it? It's like street, 
no, what do they call it? Like street basketball, like street rules. I don't know what they call it. What do they call it in basketball? I don't know. When they say like there's no te- whatever. It doesn't matter. But basically it's like all rules go out the window. Yeah. And yeah. then and then all that you're left with is like yeah. your actions that normally well, are boiling over out of anger. But yeah. I, I'm just I'm trying to understand like what am I hoping for? It's like I'm blinded by anger in those moments, man. It's like I don't even know what I'm hoping the outcome is. The it's, it's pr- maybe that I can like it's make them feel stupid, maybe at sometimes yeah, like at its worst. It, yeah, at its worst, at its worst, you're being hateful and you're trying to like you're trying to keep somebody down. It's a power struggle. You remember that time that I got into that Facebook argument with that person, he who shall not be named, who was basically yes. like Chris, you don't uh-huh. take the Bible, you don't take the Bible seriously, seriously enough. Yeah. And it's like in this, I'm like trying to convince this person of something, yet they're not hearing me to understand they're hearing me to respond just as I am hearing them to To respond. respond. And so who really wins in that argument? Probably the one that seeks to understand first, like for their soul's sake. Yeah. Well, I would say if no, if no one pursues love to love the other, then nobody wins. Like if you walk away from that wishing ill and hate, on someone you didn't win. Yeah, nobody wins. Yeah. Even if you think you walk away being the bigger person, if you're still puffed up, well then you're you're not loving. So let me let me read this to you Galatians 5:19 20 21. We'll just go all the way through the the fruit of the spirit cuz I was talking about love. Love is not self-seeking. Love holds no record of wrong. So if I'm seeking to be right, I am trying to establish record of your wrong. Which is not love. Yeah. So now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual morality, impurity. Check. Sensuality. Check. Idolatry. Check. Sorcery. Joel, double check. Enmity. Strife. Jealousy. <laughs> fits of anger. Would you tell me <laughs> that when you get into a Facebook argument, you're not experiencing fits of anger sometimes? Punch. How many times you wanted to like knock, beat, knock, someone knock out. somebody oh, out? bro. All the time. Dude, I can't tell you how many times... And this is just me being vulnerable and humble on this episode. How many times I've gone and looked at somebody's oh, profile man. and I'm like, look at that idiot. Like, that guy looks like a freaking D-bag. Like, I feel sorry. I knock him out. I feel sorry for his stupid kids. I bet his like, kids are ugly, too. <laughs> ugly kids. Freaking Cooter. Yo, bro. Yo, bro. Your kid, kids are ugly. His kid's named Cooter and Cooter Jr. Come here, Cooter. Do that thing you do. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, listen. Fits of anger. Listen. Rivalries, let me oh, tell you. Snap. Let me tell you. They don't even know it, but I feel like the reformed camp are my rivals. And if you're reformed, I apologize. It is my pride and yeah. my puffed upness Gosh. that wants to be right concerning doctrine. Okay. Okay. Can- Listen, dissensions and divisions. That means arguments and anything that divides. Dividing relationships. Envy, once drunkenness, was. orgies, check. And things like these. Listen, I warn you, as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's rough. But the fruit of the spirit is love, right? Which love is not self-seeking and it holds no record of wrong. And so in our quest to be right, we are unknowingly creating rivalries, dissensions, divisions, right? And giving in to fits of anger. How many times... So let's talk about. I got something that. Have you fought with your wife? I need to write this down because I don't want to forget this. Go ahead and write it or just say it. Okay. Think 
fruit can be cut. You know, think about well, that. Can- it, it, fruit can be cut. It can be chopped off. It can be harvested, okay? Or it can just fall off and die. A lot of times, I think, when we hear this list of the bad things, we hear sexual immorality or impurity or idolatry, sort all of this stuff, like division, fits of anger, it's easy to, like, get down on ourselves and be like, oh, snap, like, I have these fruits. But, bro, those, that stuff can be pruned. Like, and, and whenever, like, or it's it can not... it fermented and get not, drunk on it. <laughs> it's not bad. Well, I'll say this. It's not game over if you experience these things because we all experience experience them. Right. They are meant to bring for us to, to to almost sound an alarm and to bring awareness that like I'm experiencing fits of anger. I'm a I'm a getting into it with this reform dude on Facebook and I am mad and I want to cause division and I want to do all of these things yet I desire love and peace more and I know that that's yeah. what my spirit desires. And so it's coming to a place of recog recognizing what is going on and asking the Lord to prune those negative, those fruits of the flesh and to manifest the fruits of the spirit in you. Yes. So it's a matter of sourcing. A matter of sorcery? Yeah, it's a matter of sorcery. (laughs) Shazam, alakazam. So you talked about the fruit. The fruit is indicative of the root, Mm. which means where the, the, the root of the tree goes into the soil to, to, Take in nutrients and water. Nutrients. Nutrients and water. Eagle eggs. That's what I call high quality H2O. <laughs> so the fruit, the, the tree is, is trying to get nutrients and water from the soil. Yes. And so the fruit's indicative of the root. So where are you sourcing? Yeah, where are your roots pulling from? Yeah, right. Where are you planted? Are you planted in the Lord? Are you planted by streams of water? Are you meditating on his word? Are you listening for his word, his speaking to you? Or are you, I mean, so it really, it's about what you're allowing into your senses. So your eyes, your ears, your, I mean, all of that, the stuff that you're consuming, because all of that stuff has an effect on you. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to get political, but think of how easy it is to get divisive if you're watching your news source of choice. Oh my gosh. That is continually trying to cast division. Listen, let's just go there right now. Okay. Tonight, after you're going to listen to this later and this will have already passed. Right. But we're recording right now. Um, and in 11 minutes will be the presidential debate yep. between Joe Biden and uh, Donald Trump. You've just dated our podcast. Blech. I just dated the podcast. I'm sorry, but I feel like it's relevant. It is relevant. We can bend the rules. Hashtag relevantchurch.com. Ma- <laughs> There's actually relevantchurch.com. I know. So, um, so let's, let's go there. Yeah, let's go there. Listen, if in your choosing of a political side you have in any way, shape or form been unloving. If you've experienced any of the fruit of the flesh toward the side that you don't identify with, then you've not acted in love and you're wrong. I'm just reading scripture. A lot of you like to want to ask what the Bible says. What does the Bible say? about The Bible this? says that love is patient. Love is kind, does not envy, does not boast, it's not self-seeking, it holds no record of wrong. If you look at the opposite political party and talk about all the things that they're wrong about, and, them, and, you, and you say, you, you know, whatever, um, 
you use any kind of derogatory terms or you have hatred or I hate those, they're stupid, or you start saying things like that that aren't from the a fruit of the Spirit of God in your life toward that party, you are wrong. It is quite possible to disagree with people, but then still love them. Do you think Jesus disagreed with the Israelites crucifying him? I mean, he did. He went because he had to, right? The the Romans. The Romans. Excuse me. What did I say? <laughs> you said the Israelites. Yeah, the Jews. I mean, yeah, they yelled okay. crucify him. Okay, dude. Right. If you use the phrase "those Democrats" or "those Republicans" when you were referring to the other party, you are not acting like Jesus. How? Because you've you've put someone under this umbrella. And you've taken their humanity out of them. And you've basically put them in this camp. You've put them in a camp. That they've chosen to be at and to be in. But you've also, gosh, you've also, you're not looking at them through the lens of Christ. You're looking at them through the lens of the opposite party. So so I want to challenge that real quick. Because it's still a matter of the heart. Because you can read the scripture and there were Amalekites and whatever Israelites and uh, you know, right. people were put into camps. There yeah. were Pharisees, there were Sadducees. They were two different sides of the Jewish coin. Right. So you can put people in camps. You can say they're Democrat because they believe these no, things. Okay. But there's, but if there's, you a, say, there's a way that they say if, it. If you say, if you say libtard, that's probably not a good thing to say. But listen, and it seems like it stems from a hateful place. When someone says those Republicans or those, okay, there's a way that they say it. That okay, it's so not, it's a hard issue. Yes, it's so a it's hard not issue. just the statement. No, it's not the statement, okay. and it's not just saying a camp thing. It's saying, did we just well, get political? We did, but they're they're making this statement, and I have family, God love them, that Larry and I are ready for this damn election to be over, because it's a bunch of bullshit that is just <laughs> people are getting so worked up over bleep. this, bro. I missed the bleep. Like, it is just, I'm sick of it. Because here's what it seems like. It seems like people are putting their faith in man and not God. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's, 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 so, it's this idea that this person has to win or our yeah. world is screwed. So what Listen, we- I'm not putting my, what? <laughs> the world is screwed either way. Yeah. Like, if, if the world's and, screwed, and Jared Jesus- makes a good point. He said, well, both parties are wrong. So, so there's that. So, like, so here's what we're doing, though. We're making a case for somebody being wrong. Is that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Is that right. loving? No. What, how, so how do okay, we, na- so, okay, how do so we let, navigate let me, this? Let me navigate what I'm okay, feeling right now. Okay, go for it. Because it, it's really this interesting to then this get into this. I am frustrated that a both sides, and where do I land politically? I don't land anywhere politically because I honestly don't care. And someone's going to say, oh, you don't care babies are murdered? You don't care that blah, blah, blah? And it's like, listen, I'm, I don't even want to engage with any of that. Like, yeah. it's not worth my mental health. You're not going to agree with, with what I think anyway. So yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah, even yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah. What I want people to see, either side, if you are pro-Trump or you're pro-Biden, I don't want you to worship the ground that they walk on. Uh-huh. And this is where my anger stems from because it's like, listen, they are no more above human than you are. Like, they have flaws. You have flaws. Each mm-hmm. of them has flaws. We all have flaws. Yeah. And yeah. so what I'm feeling and what I'm wanting to happen is I'm wanting understanding to take place. And so that is where this, this anger is coming from. It's like, oh, I just wish you, you could see rage? this different point of view, like one that is outside of yours. Because let me tell you, man, there's been family members on, on both sides, on my wife's side and on my side, 
that the way that they talk about other political candidates, Jesus would be ashamed if he was in the room. Mm -hmm. And it's just like that. You can't think that that's right. You can't, or, or when I say right, you can't think that Jesus would be like, attaboy, keep going. Like you're, you're on something you go like, because that, listen, that's not what it is. So what is, what is the answer then? Like if every, if, Plot twist, you're wrong. Plot twist, I'm wrong. Plot twist, everybody's wrong. Plot twist, both parties are wrong. Well, then what do we do? How do we navigate? So let's talk about this. Um, scripture, you guys love it. I love it too. Hebrews 14 and 15. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without no holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. So make every effort to live in peace with everyone. So how do I live? What is, what is peace? Gosh, How do I make an effort to live in peace with people that I disagree with? Because there are always going to be people you disagree with. I think I got something. Okay. Do it. Whenever I think a lot of times we're jaded because we're looking through our, the lens of our beliefs, we have to be able to look through the lens of Christ essentially and try and ask the Lord to show us people the way that he sees them. Because when we see them, at least when I see people, I see their beliefs a lot of time in front of them. And then I want to correct that. Mm -hmm. And maybe God's like, Hey, they're not yours to correct. Mm -hmm. Like that. I'm not calling you to do that. They're not yours to correct. Probably, probably not mind to correct. You're supposed to preach truth, Chris. You preach the truth and you know what's right and you preach it so people know what it is. It's in the book. I believe it. Why are we doing country accents? Oh, no. <laughs> Whatever. Because we're, we're being, I'm sorry. <sighs> Maybe that was wrong. Yeah. Fruit of the I know, flesh. I, but I get what you're saying though. It's this, it's this, well, hold on. Here's so something that's really interesting. Let's go somewhere with okay. this. Go ahead. Here's something that's really interesting. Christians are obsessed with truth. Right? Like, right. because we have the book that's mm-hmm. supposed to be the ultimate source of truth. Yes. So if anything comes against that book, it maybe doesn't feel like an attack on God. And I have to defend God because his word says this. And, and if someone comes against that and opposes that, they're in opposition to my God. And I have to then defend my God. Is that yes. it? Yes. I, I guess so. Maybe. Maybe some people experience that. What do you guys think in chat? Does any of that... Why do you think that people feel the need to to bring truth with, with, with whatever scripture says. So if someone is saying, well, it's this, and you say, well, actually, the Bible says this. Like, why do why do people do that? I, because we want to be right. Do you think it's just that, or do you think it's also like people feel an obligation? Does anywhere in the Bible tell us that we need to speak truth? Yeah. I, I'm or, not saying that it I mean, doesn't. I mean, I'm yeah, sure it does. Preach, but Yeah. So then do people feel like they have a mandated obligation from God that the Lord mandated that you bring truth. But yeah. here's the problem with that okay. is it goes back to you and what you just experienced. Right, exactly. Because so, you believed you had truth. So Jesus came full of what? Love and truth. Grace and truth. I'm wrong. Grace and truth. What is grace? I've heard it called unmerited favor. Right. It means that you, grace means that you don't earn what I'm about to give you. It's that you get what you need versus what you deserve is what I've heard. Yeah. So Jesus comes full of truth, but he also came full of jerk with grace, which means that he came 
with a, a stance, an understanding that was going to fly in the face of people who thought they were right. Well, people who technically had been justified for so long with what their scriptures were. What they thought was right. With, with their so interpretation he, of it. And so he comes to the Pharisees. You've heard it said, but I say. But I say. So he's saying, you thought you had the truth, but here's what it really means. But then what did he do? He still went to the cross and died for them. Right. Right. So here's a very, here's an interesting thing. Let, let me, let's talk about this just a little bit. I wrote a couple things down. Um, so this gets us to the prodigal son story. We're not and talking about politics no more? No. Dang it. <laughs> because we have to, because we have to like, ha, here's the question. How do we treat people when they're wrong? That's the question. Yeah. How, because yeah. people are going to be wrong. Are, are you in a love relationship with your wife? Yep. Has she ever been wrong about anything? Nope. <laughs> Good answer. Have you ever been wrong about anything? Uh, so much. Do you think that she loves you? Uh, 100%. She's a way better human than me. The fact that she loves you keeps her from holding record of that wrong. Hmm. Because that exists, then there's the other, the other fruits of the Spirit of, that exist. Where love is, no record of wrong is held. Yeah. You, you, choose, you choose to forget. Right. The Lord said, for my sake, I will forgive your sins. I will forget them and remember them no more. That's love. Yeah. Even though we're wrong over and over and over again, to the point that some will say we're worthy of eternal torment by a loving father. He's still. What a guy. He's still. <laughs> he still receives us. Does he not? Yes. He says, for my sake, I will remember your sins no more. God is love. God is one who remembers not sin because he's love. Love holds no record of wrong. So the question is, how do we treat people when they're wrong? We treat them the same way that Jesus treated everybody who was wrong that he came into contact with on the face of the planet. So the woman who was caught in adultery, I love this story. We talk about it all the time. Mm -hmm. She was 100% wrong, was she not? She committed adultery. She was caught in the act of adultery. No question, she was wrong. She was naked. I, probably her, sweaty and smelly, too. bits were out. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm, okay, go ahead. Somebody, anyways, <laughs> cover up those bits before we stone this woman. So this woman's caught in adultery. Oh, my gosh. The Pharisees... Have legal right. So yep. I have two the, stories. The for this. law is on their the side. The law is on their side. The Pharisees have caught this woman in a wrongdoing, and the law is on her their side to stone her. So they challenge Jesus and they say, "Your law says that if anybody caught in adultery should be stoned. So what do we do with this woman caught in adultery?" And Jesus says, "He who has no sin casts the first stone." They start to walk away. He then turns to the woman and says, has no one condemned you? So. Neither do I. He says, neither do I. So if Jesus doesn't condemn people, that word condemnation to condemn oh, means snap. to render a judgment of guilt. Right? Yep. That brings about a punishment. So what does he do? He says, neither do I condemn you. Now go, go and, and leave your no life more. in sin. Yep. Guess what happened? Mercy or grace and truth came to that situation perfectly. He addressed the sin. He showed her grace. 
Scripture tells us in Amos 7, this is what the Lord Almighty says, administer true justice, show mercy and compassion to one another. True justice is mercy and compassion. I have a story for this. Jesus shows mercy. Judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who's not been merciful. With the same judgment you give, it will be judged against you. Mercy triumphs over justice. Judgment. So what happens is in these situations where people are wrong, we want to present the case and we want to be deemed right, therefore deeming them wrong, therefore judging them as wrong. We want everybody to recognize that they're wrong. And, you know, it's almost like a court case, kind of. It's like a court case. I mean, you, it's you, exactly it sounds what like, it is. like the law system. That's exactly what it is. So get this. Here's the cool thing about the prodigal son story. Ooh, is it's that all coming it, full in, circle, in, baby. In Deuteronomy... Due to the, what? Due, <laughs> Deuteronomy. Um, due to thang. Deuteronomy. Due to thang. Drop that thing. Deuteronomy. So, <laughs> so in Deuteronomy, there's very specific instructions on how to deal with a wayward son. So Yeah, we talked about this. The scripture says that if there's a son who is disobedient to the parents, who's like a drunkard and a glutton, and who's been disciplined but doesn't essentially repent and stop living the way that he's living, that the father can take the son out to the city gates and bring the elders and the elders can stone the son to death. Oh, for the wayward son. For the wayward son. So that is the law. That is the law. So Jesus is talking to Pharisees. He'd been invited to their home. And he starts to tell these stories about the lost sheep, the lost son. They're, they're accusing him of spending time with sinners. Like, oh, he eats with sinners, he eats with sinners. He's like, look, let me tell you these stories. The father rejoices when the lost come back to him. When one sinner repents, all of heaven rejoices. So here's what happens in the story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son decides to go to his father and say, give me all of my inheritance. Give me all of what's mine. And then he takes and he goes into to wild living, it says. Yeah. And after he's done all that wild living, it says he came to his senses. So he comes back to the father. Listen, the father had two times. He had two chances. The first time when the son came to take his inheritance before it was time, he could have stoned him to death. Could have taken him and said, my son's being disobedient. He could have stoned him. He goes, spends all the money, comes back, asked to be a servant. The father has a second time to render judgment on the son and stone him. Yet he renders mercy and he receives him back. So listen, the scripture says, um, administer true justice, show mercy and compassion to one another. The scripture says that when he saw him far off, he had compassion on him Mm. and he received him back. And so even though the son was wrong, even though, the father he had the law, his right. the law, he had the law to prove that he had the right to render judgment upon his son. He still didn't. So love trumps law. Love trumps law. Because listen, mercy triumphs over judgment. Stop judging people in their wrongness and start loving them and show true judge show true justice and show mercy and compassion. Because even at the woman at the well, Jesus showed it was a love. Love triumphed in that moment. Love over being right, over being on the side of what is right. So being right can be in opposition of love. Absolutely. And I think we get those things confused. It, it cannot exist on its own. Hmm. Truth 
listen, all truth and no grace is judgment. All truth and no grace is judgment. Snap. What do we really want people to do? Here's the question. What do we really want people to do? Do we want them to conform to our image? Do, do I, dude, that's playing God. Wow. That's playing God. I want you to think the way that I think. I want you to conform to my image. Talk about taking the place of God. Bro, I've done that, man. Have we not? Gosh. That's what this whole podcast is about. We just shut it down right now. We want people to think like we do. And we blast it out to the world. Mm. So a couple hundred people listen to it each week. How many are you running? About 150. About 150. Hey, if our podcast was a church, we'd be booming, son. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bro, that's wild. I'm still hung up on this. Wow. My mind is getting blown right now. Bro, it's just such a toxic world out there right now. And and I say that like I'm toxic too. You know, it's not just the world, but like I am a part of the world. Like mm-hmm. being around that, whatever. Like I hear things that go against my viewpoint, my lens of reality and truth, and I want to come against it. It's crazy, right? I want to come against it, and I feel like I have to. We're trying to render judgment. The question is not if people will be wrong. It's the same thing with sin. We're just taking the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, and we're we're turning that into sin and not sin. Oh, what's okay for you to do this? It's not okay for you to do that. And so then when people sin, we want to like... Bring that iron down. We want people to recognize that they're wrong in their sin. Like, you need to do that. You need to repent. You need to change it. You need to do... It's like, what good does that do? Do you think do you, Do you think some of that... Okay, do you think there's a correlation with how hard someone comes down on sin versus the amount of sin in their life? Like, it's almost this outward expression of like, oh, I hate sin so much, I got to come down hard on it. But I also struggle with lots and lots and lots of sin. Right. Do you think that there's any correlation there? Like it's like some manifestation of like, bro, maybe I, I've heard, I was reading an article the other day and the guy was talking about that pastors will preach the hardest against the sin. No. Yeah. Pastors will typically preach the hardest against the sin they struggle with the most. And it's usually accompanied by tears because they haven't experienced the truth. They're trying to get others to believe. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so it's like it's up there. It's like they're preaching this thing, but it's like they're Bro, desperately it. trying to done it. believe it themselves. I've done it. In my, in my struggle with porn and masturbation and all that stuff, lust, in, in my, my guilt and my shame, I preach so hard against it, trying to get myself to believe the thing that I'm saying. Gosh. And I weep because it hasn't manifested within me. As a matter That's of fact, stuff, as man. a matter of fact, the tears come from the hopelessness that exists inside of me as I'm saying it. Damn. It's kind of hard, huh? Talk about some vulnerability, man. That's it's rough, bro. Jeez. I want to get to a place to where So is there is there a place then for people to exist or it's like like how do you exist with others and have conversations about what you believe? So like, because then, because what it kind of sounds like is like, don't, like we're saying is don't ever disagree with anybody ever, maybe even in your mind. So let's say you're not doing it online, you're being vicious. But if someone holds a, a, 
uh, viewpoint that you don't, it sounds like we're just saying push that aside, try to love. Like it's hard, man. How do you? How do you? Can you? Can you exist and have dialogue with people? Is there a place for dialogue? I believe so. Would Jesus have dialogued with the woman at the wells? Uh, the people who were, you know, basically trying to stone her. Would he, if there was place for conversation, would he have had conversation? Did he not have conversation because he knew there was no place and they would not converse? That's a good question. And maybe so, it all boils down to heart. It yeah, to the heart. It does. It does. Um, Jesus. There were times where he he saw people's heart. He knew what they were thinking, so he addressed it. Yeah. But here's what I was going to say. It all goes back to. So let me. When the Holy Spirit comes, this is me googling. Um, John, it's Googly. John. It's John. John sixteen, y'all. So he says, "But very truly, I tell you, John sixteen seven. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the Advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So the Spirit's going to come, and when he comes." He will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. So it is the role of the what Holy did I Spirit. Say, what did I say earlier? What was that thing that I said about trying to, they're not yours to. To correct. To correct. They're not yours to correct. Right. They're so yours, when we look, to, they're when yours we look, to love. Right. So maybe but, that's it. But the idea is, listen, it's the idea of the, the fruit is indicative of the root. Where are they planted? What is their source? Right. Everybody has a different source of truth, right? For some people, it's CNN. For some people, it's Fox News. For some people, it's their pastor. For some people, it's the Baptist denomination or the Baptist faith and message. For some people, it's Strong's Concordance and a commentary and all of Martin Luther's. And the John MacArthur Bible. Yeah, and the John MacArthur Bible or Martin Luther's writings and teachings or, you know, uh, people look to different places to source for different things, right? We look to one another. We, we look here, we look there, we look everywhere. We watch. Listen, Facebook is really great. If you haven't watched The Social Dilemma on Netflix, go watch that. Facebook is really good about catering content to what you, want. To what you believe. Your echo so chamber. if you go like something, you're basically saying, I believe in this. Yeah. If you go like, all, if you go like two or three kitten videos about kittens, chances are you're going to see a lot of videos about kittens. If you go in Google and you search bookshelves, you're probably going to start seeing ads on Facebook for right. bookshelves. It's putting the information that you want in front of you, just like with your right. belief and systems. it reinforces, right? Yep. What is it called? Cognitive, it uh, there's cognitive, cognitive dissonance. dissonance and, um, oh, what's the other one where you're so already supporting the beliefs that you hold? Um, I can't remember what it's called, but there's like these psychological terms. I know, like, there's, are you talking about like an echo chamber? Like, you can put yourself in this echo chamber where you're basically surround yeah, yourself with people that you, think you, like you, vote you like only you. Read, right. So, like, you know. if, so if you're Baptist, you're only going to read Baptist preachers and, ba you know, yeah. and, and all that stuff, right? I mean, for anybody, right? It's like if you're Republican, you're only going to go to Republican news sources. You are going to source from the places that support the things that you believe. Right. And so that's what happens. And so, we start sourcing from all of these different places. And what I said the other day is that Christianity, a lot of people within Christianity have essentially Frankensteined their faith system, which means they've piecemealed it from different sources. But Jesus is saying that there's one source for all truth. And who is it? Okay. This is Jesus. The Holy, the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Yeah, God, go ahead. The You're Bible. your mind blown. Okay. Then some people would say, the ultimate source of truth is what? 
The Bible. The Bible. So then what happens when someone goes, picks up the Bible, if they vote far left or far right, at which lens are they going to read the Bible through? Right. Whatever, if they lean far left right. or fi- far right, yeah. they will find and read the Bible through that lens. Yeah. Today or yesterday, whenever you're reading the story, you were reading the Bible through the lens of wanting to find something else. And guess yeah. what? You found it. You found it. And who was the ultimate source of truth? The Father. The Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Yes. Right. So that is what we have to do. That has to be our ultimate get, like get help, litmus get, test. Help get people pointed to the Spirit of God. Because he is the one He's who the will one tell that's us. He's the one that's going to sort people out. Yes, and tell us, right, wrong. And, and a lot of times it's not, he won't say, you're right, you're wrong. He's going to correct issues in our heart, in my heart, your mm-hmm. heart, all of our hearts. That's all, that's all we can do. Jeez. It's the kind, listen to this, y'all. Listen to this. At the heart of an argument of who's right or wrong lies some sort of piece of knowledge that you think is going to change somebody's mind. What is the word for changing of a mind? Uh, Repentance. Repentance. Do you not know that it's the kindness of God that leads a man's heart to repent? Mm. If you're not responding with utter kindness, and again, listen, that's a fruit of the spirit. Love is patient. Love is kind. Yeah. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. It's the Holy Spirit through you. Yes. It's always the Spirit. Yeah. There's never been. It's either the many, Spirit to them or it's the Spirit through you. How many people have ever read like an article or blog post or watched watch whatever YouTube video you sent them? You're like, just watch this. Just read this. Yeah. And your mind's going to be changed. Oh, yeah. It probably does not right. happen very That's often. That's what happens. The only time someone's mind changes is when they come to that truth on their own. And a lot of times... If you're a Christian, the leading and the guiding of the spirit. Yes. If you're a Christian, yes. And if you don't follow Jesus, then it's you coming to some understanding that you found. But it's very rarely when other people present information to you. So why do we bang our heads against the walls trying to put information in front of people? Because we have assumed a role that's not ours. Gosh. It is not your role. They are not to lead somebody to repentance. Let me tell you, it's the spirit of God that does it. Yeah. It is the spirit of God that it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. Again, remember, I was going to say we could talk about repentance because I talk about that all day. Yeah. Right. It's a changing of the mind and it's the Lord that does that. And it's, and it's not like a changing of the mind. That's like when presented with facts, it's almost like a changing of the mind that happens in the heart. It's like your heart's mind. Yes. Like that's, that's kind of change. It's not like this knowledge based type of thing. I mean, maybe sometimes it is, but a lot of times I feel like it's more of this awakening, you know, scales falling, falling from the eyes type of thing that like something that you were blind to that now you see Holy Spirit brings revelation. Right. And then we're all of a sudden aware of things that we weren't before. So let's talk. But again, it doesn't come from us. It doesn't. Here's the thing though. We can speak truth. But we have to speak truth perfectly married with grace, which is how Jesus came. And Jesus said he wouldn't leave us, but he would send a spirit. So if we are led by the spirit and if the fruit, if the spirit's presence is birthing forth love, which holds no record of wrongs. Yeah. Love, which does, is not self-seeking. Patience, kindness, gentleness, self control, which is a thing that screws everything up in the first place. Yeah. When I start arguing with somebody, 
about being right. If I'm trying to be right and make them wrong, I don't have self-control. Yeah. I'm not getting self under control. I'm letting self lead. Therefore the spirit's not leading. So I'm not doing anything that's going to have anybody, any, any effect, real, real change. any rule yeah. effect on anybody change meta doing metanoia, a changing of the mind. It only comes by the spirit. So, so in that case, are we doing all of the things whenever we engage in conversations with people that maybe their arguments are trying to point out flaws with them? It's not about them. It's about us. And it's about how we feel. And it's about getting the ego stroke of feeling like we pwned someone. Yeah. We provided the right information for them to go see. And then it's even better if we get the echo chamber started with the, yeah, yeah, brother, I agree. Yes, yeah. you're so right. You're spot on. Yeah. And then the one person comes up and they say like, well, actually, and then you're like, who's this asshole? Like, who's this person that's like jumping in? Everybody gets on them and they, it, it's not about us. Yeah. And it, it is about us. And it's not really about them having their hearts or minds changed. Because if it was, it would be different. Yeah. Why do you think, why do you think the father through the prophets spoke to the people of Israel and said, I will take your heart of stone and I'll make it a heart of flesh. I will write my law on your hearts so that you obey all that I command. I will cause you to walk in my ways. Do you know why he said he had to do that? Because simply reading the law doesn't empower somebody to be obedient to it. Bro, you can read Corinthians 13, 1 Corinthians 13 mm-hmm. all day long, but those words don't empower you to love. Here's, what's, the here's what the problem is, is we're still trying to change the inside through outside means. Oh, snap. Jesus, right. Jesus said, I'll put my spirit in you. Only this the internal thing we're using only, external means. Only the spirit in us has the power to change us and change our mind. Knowledge from the outside coming in to us does not have the power to change us. The power, that knowledge from the outside in is powerless to change a man. So That's would, you, you, would can, you say that the Bible without the leading of the spirit or revelation of the spirit is powerless? It's yeah, the Spirit is what brings those words to life. So the Bible without Holy Spirit bringing revelation is powerless. Absolutely. So the Bible alone no. is not. How would it? People would say that it's this I, uh, this I mean, mystical, divinely uh, like sure. you know, type of thing. But I think when, when people this are talking what, about how they have these experiences with the Bible, they're actually not having experiences with the Bible. They're having experiences with the Holy Spirit. And yeah. revelation through the, the Holy Spirit. The Spirit reveals and quickens. Here's what happens with truth. This is what I was going to say earlier. When when truth comes and it's received as truth, it's because the Spirit of God is quickened inside of us. There's that, right? So yeah. you're having mind-blown moments. You're like, oh, crap, oh, yeah, crap, oh, right. crap. It's because I'm saying things, Ooh. and then the Look Spirit... That. Yeah, so Gosh. I'm saying things, and then the Spirit of you in you is saying yes, yep. yes. Yes. It's the spirit of God. That's saying yes to those things. And look, I understand that like this whole thing can be dangerous and it can get off and all that stuff. Right. Like I thought I was believing truth when I was thinking about this prodigal son story and just the basis of it was, I didn't actually think that the prodigal son had repented. I thought he was being selfish because it said he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. 
Right. And, and so then, then you judged his action, I, like his, I, his yeah, heart. Essentially. I judged his heart, basically saying like he only went back to the father because he wanted to eat the pods and fill his belly. Now, I can say that it said he came to his senses, which means that he came to himself, which means he had some sort of change of mind, which is technically repentance. So he goes back to the father, but he goes back to the father still with an improper view of the father because he doesn't think the father's going to accept him back as a son only as a servant. Yep. And then that's when the father shows him love by giving him the robe and the ring and the sandals and the fattened calf. He says, yeah. you're mine. Let's feast together. There's celebration now because you've returned. Gosh. He still had an improper view yeah. of the father, but I thought what I had at that point in time was truth. And again, the Lord, I don't know any other, any other way to say it. He corrected you. Listen, he corrected me. He sent me to scripture and used it to correct me. But had I not heard the phrase, you would have gone don't through. do it, probably wouldn't have done it. Yeah. you No, you would have moved forward and you would have shared what you believe to be from God. Yeah. Which is crazy. Which but is here's like, the thing. I also probably would have gone and looked up the scripture. But since I had that little voice in my head that gave me doubt, yeah. he put that in me. Yeah. I believe it 100%. So you doubted your interpretation you what you believe to be your new fresh interpretation, a yeah. piece of it, a right. part of it. Yes. Yes. When he said don't, it was like crap. Do I have it wrong? Like that's what went through my yeah. mind. And then I was like, wow. And then the look but then again he revealed to me more of the context and what it meant. I was like, Oh, that's actually really good. Okay. So what if someone else had come to you and opposed you and said, Nah, Jason, I think you have this new understanding of what's going on all wrong? It it's possible. Do you think, I mean, so, it, so here's what's possible. They could have said, let's revisit the scripture. And then I could have been like, oh crap, you're right. And then the spirit could have been like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But I'm only going to allow the spirit in me to confirm that to because confirm he's that. my source of truth. Right. He has to be. Yeah. Because that's who Jesus said is my source of truth. So there's this idea of mixture. What? Pe people sourcing from multiple places. Ooh. So Jesus says, Call no man on earth father, for you have one father in heaven. Call no man on earth rabbi or teacher, for you have one teacher. Call no man on earth instructor, for you have one instructor. So Jesus, in one instance, says, the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth. All, A-L-L, -L, all, meaning all truth. Yeah. The Spirit will lead you to all truth. So there is no truth that anybody else can lead me to. You can point me in that direction. You can even present something that may be true, but it has to be the spirit in me that brings me to an understanding and, a, and, a, and a, a revelation of that actually being truth. And so Jesus says, one source, the Holy Spirit. In the garden, there was the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Do not source from that tree over there. It's, that's where it started. Right. Don't source from the wrong place. And so listen to this real quick. I know I'm talking a lot. No, no. I'm trying to process it all. Okay. I'm trying to process. So Adam gets a command from God. God is the source of the command. And he tells Adam, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for if you eat it, you will surely die. Chap end of chapter two, begin chapter three, or... Somewhere along the way. Somewhere in the first. Adam three, is put chapters. to sleep. Yep. And Eve is made from his side. He has a suitable helper. And we, he saw him and then he said, whoa, right. whoa man. man. And so then fast forward to Eve in the garden with the serpent. And the serpent questions 
the words of God mm-hmm. and says, did God really say that you would die? And here's what she says. He says, so she's quoting God now. She says, he said that we should not eat of it or touch it or we will surely die. And this is where you have a mixture of sourcing. Yeah. You have what God actually said, plus an interpretation of what God meant by what he said. Or some Jews believe that this is extra instruction that Adam gave to her. Right. That's what I was going to say. Adam, in his desire to protect his wife, then said, don't eat of it and don't touch it. So he added command to God's command. And this is what happens is we have father as the source, but then we have man trying to interpret, which is what I did with this scripture. Yeah. I, here's the scripture. Here's the story that Jesus gave here. I come along trying to interpret it and I got it wrong. I could have led people astray and I, I had people believing that I was right in my interpretation. Did God really, is that what the scripture really said? Did Jesus really give the story with that? In mind? Yeah. Probably not. I had it all wrong. And here's the problem is that plot twist, you're wrong. There are a lot of ways that people are wrong about their interpretation of scripture. And what they've essentially done is they've taken a source from Yahweh and they have tried to interpret it in a way that is truth. And all they've done is added to it and caused religion and caused death. Gosh, man. We can only source from the Father. We can only source from the Father. Right? You will surely die. If you eat of that, you will surely die. We're all trying to figure out what's good good and bad, right and wrong, sin and not sin. We're all trying to eat from this tree and be right. And even the knowledge of good brings death. That's the source from the tree of life, the Father, the one source. And he does that by his spirit. Heavy, bro. This is uh, the minute you start talking about not you, but just I mean anyone about like truth is heavy. That's a heavy word. That feels so weighty. Like, but what does it want? What does it cause you to want to go do? Truth. This discussion. This discussion. I mean, I think this discussion makes me want to go to Jesus and just make sure, like, hey, you be my source. Yeah, like I don't, I don't, I don't want to be the judge for what interpretation is, like, especially without it's hard, especially right? without context of people that have done loads and loads of studying, uh, and not just studying to like make a story fit into a four week series. Mm. I think series are probably one of the worst things that ever has ever happened to the church. I'm serious. If I can just make a plea right now, just get rid of series. Don't do series. <laughs> series are not whatever. We need to. That's a brief segment segment on piss puppies. That's funny. S- church series are the stupidest thing ever invented. I'll say that. So <laughs> get at it. The idea just then is right what? On. What? It, what have we been trying to get people to do the past like three or four episodes? Just go to the Spirit. I go mean, to, that's it. We've been pointing them. Go to Jesus. Yep. And and so, I guess that that's it in this scenario. And we're like. What do we do in a scenario? Let's say I get into an argument with so-and-so in person or via Facebook or via text. Okay, the, the, the conflict has escalated. At that point where it's escalated, I should go, Jesus, what do you want me to do? Right. I mean, it's that whole WWJD. <laughs> like, maybe except it's not what would Jesus do. It's Jesus, what do you want me to do? Right. Whatever that acronym is. Like, Jesus, <laughs> what should I do? 
Yeah. And then just do that. We say it all the time. Ask Jesus and do what he says. And guess what? Is God big enough to tell you and I to do two things that are conflicting with one another? Yeah. No. Can Jesus tell you to vote Democrat and tell me to vote Republican? Absolutely. I believe that. People are going to go nuts. I believe it too. People are going to go crazy. I'm not going to put God in a box and say that he can't tell you to do something and tell me to do something. And those two somethings are in direct opposition. Because guess what? God knows the big plan and he knows he's got a bird's eye view. Yeah. Listen, I I just want to put this out there because people, listen, don't play Pharisee because you will always lose that game. Don't play because if you want to nitpick every single action that people do, do like, oh, if you vote Democrat, well, then you're saying that you are for abortion and God's against abortion. Well, let me just tell you that all of the stuff in your house, all of the things that you own in your life have probably at some point something in your life that you own at some point was created by somebody with evil intentions and you even buying a a $1 M&M bag might have helped some sort of CEO bang some prostitute in the Philippines. You don't Snap. know that. So you buy M&Ms. Oh, you, you're for prostitutes, right? Right. Because your you, dollars. Supported. Oh, oh, you drive a car. You're for people dying in accidents. Mm-hmm. Like just don't play Pharisee. Okay. Just don't do it. You will lose that game every time. He who has no sin, cast the first stone, put your damn stone down. Put your freaking stones down, man. Drop the stones, man. Seriously. And and Facebook is like, a, it's just a stone throwing place. Oh my gosh, that's all it is. It's the public circle where stones are thrown by hypocrites. And I was one of them. And I still, in a lot of ways, struggle to do the things that I tell people they ought not to do. Hey, can I make one comment? Absolutely. Jared said, hate the sin, love the sinner. How do you guys feel about the statement, hate the Christian, love the Jesus? I remember when you brought that up. It's kind of funny. Hate the Christian, love the Jesus. Bro, none of us have any ground to stand on. Oh, man. We have no ground to stand on, bro. I know. Listen, and I've heard it said this a million times. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. Nobody comes higher or lower. We all come the same. And how how does he treat every single one of us the same way? He shows no partiality. Yeah. He loves us all. For God so loved the world. Here's the wild thing, man, is that he desires that no man would perish. He he still chooses to be in relationship with us. You know how I told I I I've been learning a lot through Bema, but one of the things that I've learned lately is like we were talking about Joseph earlier and how Joseph is kind of a butthole and uh, kind of (laughs) this arrogant dude and in the Bible. Yet God still chose to partner with him because of the chutzpah that he had within him. Chutzpah. Chutzpah. Chutzpah is this word that basically means fire within. Right. It's a, it's a Hebrew word. And so God saw something in Jacob that despite his sin, he wanted to partner with him. There was something in Jacob that that God looked at and said, hey, you know what? I know you got this sin stuff, but there's something in you that I want to partner with. Right. And God looks at you. And God looks at me and God looks at so many of us and says, hey, I know you got this sin thing. I know you got this porn issue. I know you got this stealing money and embezzling money issue. Robbing and stealing. But I still want to partner with you. He, d- Bro, aren't you glad God uses what jacked up people? What a loving God. What a loving God. 
listen. And the scriptures, when I heard that story and heard about Joseph and God wanting to partner with all of these people who are messed up, or, man, there's, that's, an, that's an example of just that revelation that was, so it was scripture and then revelation. And then it was just like hope, man, that was just birthed in me and love that I felt from the father. Like, but, but there was this, there was this pathway as I read, I I listened to someone reading the scriptures and listened to the interpretation. God brought further revelation that was personalized to my life and it brought hope. Yeah. It's It's not just the Bible. It's the Bible and the spirit. Ward commented earlier and said, uh, the Bible without the spirit is dangerous. It sure is. And Do you I know agree why? with that because here, you can push whatever agenda you want. Here, here's the issue with the scripture is that not everybody knows as much about the Bible as you do. And especially if you are further along in your walk, well, then you've heard all the arguments. Oh, yeah. Right. You, you've heard them all and you know how to explain what, what that do you away. you think apologetics is? Yeah. That's all apologetics Right. Is. So, but here's the issue. If you, if you just say like, well, go read the Bible and you don't give any kind of framework or if, if your response to somebody is like, just go read the Bible, you can have a brand new Christian who's still prideful. So I was going to say this earlier, take a man who is prideful and has all kinds of issues that like beats his wife into submission and let him read the scripture that says a woman shouldn't talk. Oh man. What does that do? The Bible, that, right. he says, that I scripture, got that, right. that scripture without the spirit of God to keep that man Justifi- in line, just justifies dangerous, it justifies behavior his dangerous and behavior, abusive behavior. The spirit of God in him will write that law in his heart and calls him not to sin. Right. But that scripture on its own that might same, empower somebody. That same man goes, Jesus, I'm struggling with this. This I'm confused. This says I can. And then Jesus spirit brings revelation. Here, and he's like, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, 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 right. whoa, right. Wait, no. wait, what does this say? No. Yeah, that's not right. Or he can even use the scripture to try and justify it and then continue in the behavior. And then the, and then the spirit in him say, Hey man, that's, that's not right. Right. And he didn't even read it in the Bible. Well, I didn't know I couldn't beat my wife. Yeah. Nobody told me I couldn't beat my wife. Maybe so, he came from a household where that's all that was ever known. It, dude, it. What if, what if I'm this guy or, or she? Maybe I mean, what, that, that, women can be abusive too. What if I'm a guy? Right, it's true. What if I'm a guy who struggles with um, sleeping around, and I like to drink a lot, but also like to fight, and I get a hold of the Samson story. <sighs> you like that dude, the Jawbone Killer? I'm gonna go find me a Jawbone and an army to go ham after, and then I'm gonna go sleep with some women and then guzzle down some drink and I'm still going to fulfill my purpose. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The Lord looks at us, bro. The Lord looked at Samson and saw something in him and said, I want to partner with you. Yeah. Isn't that wild? It is wild. Aren't you glad he uses broken, busted people? Listen, Man. no. That, here's the thing. I, I heard somebody say that the, we have this idea that, the end goal of Christianity is perfection or just salvation or just salvation. But listen, we are, we're, it is not my goal to achieve perfection. It is God's will that I'm conformed into the image of the likeness of Christ and what he desires will happen. And so I can partner with that, but I have to understand that that's a journey. And there's not much that I can do 
other than submit myself to his leading and guiding to get me to that place. I cannot work my way into perfection. I have to allow the father to lead me and guide me and do the work that he needs to do in me to get me to a place uh, of conformity to the image of Christ. But nowhere along the way in that journey does he not love me. Yeah. Nowhere, nowhere during that journey does he look at my imperfection and say, no, that's just too much. Disqualified. Disqualified. I can't handle it. Doesn't do it. How's that for a season finale? Dang, dude. What's your big takeaway from all this? Oh, man. People in the chat, let us, I mean, if you got something that's a big takeaway, let us know. We're going to try to share ours. From tonight or the season or what? I mean, let's do tonight and then let's do the season. Bro, tonight, like, there's a lot of work to be done in me. Yeah. There's a lot of work to be done in me. That's it. And I just have to continue to submit myself to the leading and the guiding of the spirit. I have to continue to listen to that voice that says, don't do it. Right. Dang. Yep. (laughs) Yep. You know what I'm saying? 100%. I have to continue to humble myself when we press in and he says, humble yourself. Gosh. But listen, this tonight's episode would not have existed had I come in ready to have guns blazing that I've got this new teaching about this story that nobody has ever taught yeah, before. Yeah. I was wrong. I was 100% wrong. Right. And the Lord showed me, dude, but I, I props, thought props to you. For I thought my knowledge that, and pride, like I want to have, I want, here's that, here's what happened. I wanted other people to be wrong in the way they told the story. I wanted to have some new bit of understanding that nobody right. else had yeah. because why I wanted to be the guy that had it. Yeah, I think my big takeaway for tonight is just continuing to to recognize that I am going to have works of the flesh. I mean, the fruit of the flesh, rotted fruit of the flesh that is going to bear fruit on my tree, but that I can, I can have Jesus prune that stuff. I can have him come in, Jesus, these fits of rage, these fits of anger— I don't I don't want to partner with that. I don't want that in my life. I want you to manifest the fruits of the spirit in my life. Yeah, it's not even that he's going to just cut off the fruit. He has to put you in a new place. Right, so that 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 stuff doesn't grow. I mean, a tree's going to you you can put it in in uh or you can put any sort of plant in tainted soil and that fruit that taintedness is going to come inside the fruit and the membrane and the all of that stuff like it yeah, it needs to be replanted. Or he changes the tree. Right. Jesus cursed a fig tree, causing it not to bear fruit. Can he not also bless it to cause it to bear fruit? I think so. I think I believe so. I mean, and so I think the big takeaway for me is like, I need to recognize when I when I start talking fast and I get loud, it's normally because I'm upset and I want to be heard, and I'm not really listen. I I can get in these these moments where I just I get blinded with wanting to be right. And wanting to try to expose someone else's thinking, not to humiliate them, but to have them change their mind and heart. And we've said this so many—I mean, so many times before—that we don't change people's minds. The Holy Spirit does. Right. No one else. I really don't believe anyone changes anyone's <clears throat> mind. So I just don't right. think it happens. All, I mean, it's all we spirit. can do is lead by example and encourage other people to look at self. And to present that self to the Father. Yeah. 
So I, I want to... Um, Can we read a couple of the takeaways people I, have had? Yeah, real quick. I, okay. I want to address what Mitchell says. Be- I, I'm reading this through Facebook. I don't know exactly what he means, but I want to encourage him in something. He says, tonight I feel something saying, do better, man. That's what I want, though. God to tell me, bro, do better. These, Please teach me how to hear that. So I think this... I think I want to say, be, don't do better, be better, which means be a, a human being, not just a human doing. Right. Don't. So I, I've said it this way before. There's no future version of yourself that's more worthy of God's love. So don't think that there's somebody that you'll become. That is more deserving. That is more the deserving of God's love. Yeah. It's not a do better. It's a become who he wants you to become as he leads you and guides mm. you. Don't try and work that out. Yeah. Don't try and make that. It, it's a fruit of the spirit. All these things are fruit of the spirit. So it's the spirit's work. There's no working on like, I can't practice being more kind. I can't practice being more patient. I can allow the spirit to lead me to be kind and be patient more often, but it's not something that I can just go try and do. Because it, it's not a fruit of me. It's a fruit of the Spirit. I have to be led by that. That's good. Go ahead and read. I hope uh, that's encouraging for you, Mitchell. Yep. Uh, Jared says his big takeaway is, my truth isn't always your truth. I like that. I like that. Yeah, that's tough because a lot of people say that truth is um, uh, it's, truth is absolute, truth is relative. objective. Yeah. But listen, the truth... There have been times where we had truth in our lives that we believed was truth until Holy Spirit corrected it. What? Yeah, it's right. What is true for a child that's not true in your world? Right, that there's monsters in the closet. That that uh, you know it's that not mommy true. and daddy aren't ever going to come back when they go to work. You know it's not true. Right, but to a child, how, that is their truth. They grow into what is true. Man, that's good. It's all about maturity. Yeah. So just because someone hasn't, re- into it, right. someone hasn't reached a truth that you think you've reached, just because they are where they are, you have to understand there's a process, and it's the the it is the spirit of God that's going to lead them to that truth, right? That's good. There was another one that was shared. Ward says, "Always come to the spirit when the scripture, uh, then to, always come to the spirit, then the scripture. Be mindful of when I look to scripture." with preconceived notions of wanting to use the Bible uh, to back my own beliefs or wants. Man, we can be totally, totally wrong about our interpretations. And blinded, you know, by what, by how, by our worldviews, by, you know, everything, our experiences, all, all kinds of things. Season, season takeaway. What's your big season takeaway for season four? Gosh. Season three, we were salty as hell. Season four. I think we were a little salty in the beginning. Of season four? Yeah. I mean, but it is definitely not season three, Salty. I don't even know. We man. started season. Th- okay, I'll ask you this. We started season four off saying we want to be more loving and life giving. Do you remember right. that? Yes. Do you feel like we accomplished that? I would say I think so. I don't know. I mean, I think you're probably thinking of a couple moments where we got salty. I got there salty. Were some, there were some times where we got salty. But, but- I definitely do think that. Season four. I, this is going to be so cliche, but like, I think my takeaway from season four is just more Jesus. And that's like kindergarten. But for real, I, I can't even tell you anything else. What am I supposed to say? I don't know. 
That's, that's I it. guess that's a good answer. More, oh, he, uh, humble myself. I don't know. Submit. Yeah. Yield. Um, get over myself. Like love more. I mean, there's a lot. There's so much. I think we've had a lot of internal kind of revelation during this season. Season four was a lot of, I mean, a lot of caterpillar stuff. God's showing you. I mean, all sorts right, of crawling all in. sorts of just transformational things happening in our life. Yeah. So why does it kind of feel sad and somber? I, do, I, I will tell you this. I get disappointed. I don't want to stop podcasting. I want to keep going, but I also know that for our family's sake, it's good to take a break. Yeah, it is four and months, it, and it makes of not having every other Tuesday night taken. Well, and also just know that we're still going to record, you know, do another promo for the Piss Puppies. We're still going to record, you know, 15 to 20 minute episodes a couple times a week uh, or or two times a month. Is Piss Piss Puppies podcast a fruit of the flesh? (laughs) Probably. Probably. Uh, no, I, I I think Piss Puppies is a it's it's a it it just feels like a safe place. It's a wrestling ring. Oh, I like that. It's where we get in to wrestle. Except we, I'm just throwing punches at the church yeah, right. right now. Yeah, and yeah. they can't hit back. Yeah, I mean I think we wrestle on the show too, but man, big takeaway: it, you can't think you know it all, man. Knowledge puffs up, bro, and God opposes the proud. It says. Oh, that's funny. Oh, man. Yeah. Dude, yeah, I think, I mean, the big thing for me, I think, is just, there's just a lot of revelation about the Spirit and and His role in my life and how it's so important in listening to His voice. I mean, I think those are some pretty big takeaways. I mean, what what else are we going to talk about after this? It's like, I feel like we've, that's it. I mean, I hope we have some, (laughs) I hope there's a world to come back to after the election. I know, right? Oh, my gosh. Oh, Democrats are going to be pissed if Trump United's, wins. Trump's, uh, Trump agains are going to be United mad if, States, if the seven, Democrats win. 70, 1776 to Gosh. 2020. Death it was by, a good run. Death by Molotov cocktails. America had a good run. We had a good run. Yep. But Man, I, you know, I think a lot of the crowds that we run in, we can just we try to end some of this. I know we're kind of joking around about election stuff and, and the world looking grim, but, man, there are people in our in our circles that we run with who are who are – prophesying you know saying you know prophesying a, a time of of uh of what do they what would how would you phrase it of harvest of uh the lord's goodness coming forth in the world even though things may be dark yeah. or seem dark i mean that they're, they're yeah while the world may feel hopeless mm-hmm. at times yeah know that the lord is present he is at work yeah and right he is gonna do um yeah. i don't know what he's gonna do yeah, so just according to the book of Revelation, if you look at it with an end times view, I'm not saying I do. I'm just saying if you look at it that There's way. There's a lot of people doing that right now. Right. So if you look at it if you look at like it that. with an end times view, let me just tell you that utopia does not precede utopia. Right. <laughs> so if things start to get a little dystopian, no need to panic. Yeah. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Before it gets better. Yep. So Anyways, that's all I got. Man, I just want to give a huge thanks to all of our listeners. Thank you to everybody who has watched us live on Facebook and has really um, just interacted. It's really great to have the Facebook live interaction. I appreciate it. It's good. It's like getting getting the amens when you're preaching a sermon. Yeah, and just everybody who's 
who's jumped on and said hello um, and followed along. Keep it, in touch. It, it actually helps the discussion uh, when we get comments and those kinds of things. And so we'll be back in season five. Season cinco. Yep. Um, Hopefully Casey if the Lord wills will it. be there. I hope so. I'm sure he will. We'd be those guys like going down in flames trying to podcast like the end of the world's coming. And we're just like, bro, I got a battery. Here's here's the thing. I bet you if crap does hit the fan and things get crazy, who knows? We may hop hop on and, you know, record an episode yeah, you, or do something. You, this won't be the last that you hear from us. We have a lot to say. We have a lot I think of even last even last time. I mean, be sure to follow the blog. Yeah, Jason's I was going to say. blogging like crazy. Yeah, listen, go to saltydogspodcast.com and uh, there will be a pop-up that asks you to um, subscribe to our newsletter. And so actually all of the blog posts that go out onto the blog are sent in a weekly newsletter a weekly email. And so if you sign up for the email, um, you'll get once a week, I think it's on a Tuesday or Monday at noon, all of the posts that have gone up throughout the week. And so as we're doing any kind of bonus content or writing different blogs and those kinds of things uh, you'll be getting that to your inbox. And so we just want to keep in touch and uh, all that fun stuff. And again, if you haven't already and you would like to head over to patreon.com slash salty dogs podcast, and we are going to have a uh, bonus content um, on the piss puppies podcast. And for as little as five bucks a month for support, uh, you guys can go uh, be a part of that. So let me just tell you, sign up today, sign yeah, up now, right so, now. So we just had our website, annual website renewal come up and that's like 216 bucks. And then we've got another uh, thing coming up. Domain, um, probably maybe domain. No, it's podcast hosting. Oh. And so that's annual and How that's also that like cost? 224 bucks a month or something. Or excuse me, year. 200. So the, the website's 216 Jeez. a year. The podcasting is like 24 bucks a month or something. Like I can't remember. Anyways, that's about to come up too. And so our patrons that have been giving over the past months have actually allowed us to be able to pay that and not come out of pocket on thank it. So that's guys. been great. So thank Appreciate you guys it. for supporting the show. Really, we can do all of this season to season for like four or 500 bucks a year. Yeah. And that's um, all we're trying to do. We're trying yeah, to get our base really expenses all, covered. Yeah, pretty much. And so anyways, uh, yeah, that's all we got. Is that it? <sighs> Man, I'm sad. I'm going to miss it. Boo hoo. Boo hoo. I'm, I'm so, so sad. Boo hoo. All right. Well, that's it. All right. Salty dogs. Out. Out.